this is chapter 137 of the WCBS Author Talks podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WCBS ADD Books. I'm Lisa Chernkovich. This week, we travel deep into the fashion jungle. I'm delighted to be joined at the table today by legendary supermodel, businesswoman extraordinaire, Kathy Ireland, as well as best-selling New York Times author, Rachel Van Dyken. Ladies, welcome. Thank you. So there's so many ways to describe what this book is like. How do you guys sum it up? That's a great question. You know, it, it's it's a cautionary tale, like we've said, and it's about four women, four different walks of life. Um, any person can pick up the book and see themselves in any of these women, and it's about their their struggle um, after being in the modeling industry for over 15 years and kind of like how their paths have crossed with each other, um, how maybe decisions and choices they've, they've made early on in their lives have affected their future and where they're currently at. And so we have a storyline for each of the women. We have two very strong, amazing men in the book as well that kind of are, one of them's a guardian angel, the other one is kind of like the person that kind of helps guide them through things, and so it's kind of their their journey and their story, and it's romance, suspense, political intrigue, as you said, it's it's kind of everything wrapped up in one. Now, Kathy, the, the events, some of the characters, they're closely based on things you experienced during your modeling career, right? Like... Yes, um, it's it's fiction, and the fashion jungle is based on events that happened in my life, in the lives of roommates, girls that I worked with, and never thought that I'd be sharing these stories until I met Rachel. And Rachel, I mean, as you said, she's extraordinary, New York Times bestselling author, and Rachel has this ability to... She understands the reader. She understand. She understood the stories that I was sharing with her and got emotional upon hearing them and was able to create these characters that are so genuine and authentic because it's based on, on real life and just, just really weave a beautiful story into place. And it, it's powerful. I'm so grateful. I think... The, the question a lot of people want to ask is, how much of it is fiction? Mm-hmm. How much of it is truth? Uh, you know, it's um, there's a lot of truth in it. There really is. And people oftentimes will look at the fashion industry, at the glossy magazine covers and the retouched photos, and just think that that's what it is without recognizing the the underbelly of the industry and things that go on. And so Rachel and I felt that it was really important to tell these stories authentically. And we do consider it, yes, it's a thriller and romance and all of that. It is also a cautionary tale. And Rachel and I hope that the readers will read this and take from it that they will approach life. And no matter what sector of business, there's always opportunity for exploitation so that people will approach life with their eyes wide open, understand their value and the importance of putting boundaries in place to protect them. I want to come back to the question, the cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. But first, I know that there are several characters that people are going to recognize from real life based on the jobs they have, their physical descriptions. Names have been changed. And I understand, Rachel, that was your job to <laughs> make sure that these real life people mm-hmm. weren't using their real names. Right. Because you want to protect 
people both alive and no longer with us, and you want to make sure that you honor them. I know, you know, Kathy has such an incredible relationship with Elizabeth Taylor and, and so many other people in the industry that have gone before us, and I think that making sure that when you're, you're writing a book like this and you're writing it with someone who is such a pillar in that community, that's important that you do change the names and you do make sure that people aren't going to read it and open up Google and start, you know, typing away trying to figure out who you're talking about, you know, and I think we did a really good job of, of, of hinting towards things, but making sure that the reader is able to make up their own mind as they experience the book. Tell me, how did the writing partnership work? Who did what? Well, Rachel is the <laughs> extraordinary <laughs> author. I have never written fiction, and I, it, it just never occurred to me that this would happen, that these stories would come out this way. A colleague introduced us, and so quickly, I, and, and I'm not somebody who trusts easily, but knowing Rachel, I, she's just an extraordinary person. I, I felt that trust, and as I shared stories, learned very quickly that she was able to translate them. So I shared the, the real-life events, uh, the, the incidents that happened, and ways in which th- things that were important to me. And Rachel took that and has written this incredible novel and I'm so grateful. The the four women friends who have gone through being teenage models together, living in the model apartment, gone through life, is one of them in particular based on you? Do they each share a little bit of your qualities and they're kind of sprinkled about? And Rachel, as you were writing and getting to know Kathy, mm-hmm. did you decide, oh, this this particular character needs to have this part of you? Yeah. (laughs) So I think, you know, there's pieces of Kathy and or parts of Kathy in every single one of those situations and women. Um, I would like to think that they're all independently extremely strong in their own ways. And that's something that I I know that Kathy brings to the table. She's a very amazing woman of faith, as you see, Brittany is an amazing woman of faith. And I think, you know, if there's anyone that's closest to her, obviously it's going to be Brittany because, you know, you describe your hair and how gorgeous you are and how genuine and how, you know, she's the happiest girl in the world and she just has, just lights up the room. And as you're sitting here with Kathy, she lights up the room literally um, because she just has this goodness inside her. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think that's one of the things we wanted to bring out in the book is people are always asking her what's different about you. And I think too, that's something that's in the book. You know, it's her faith. That's what sets her apart from people because she knows her own worth. And so that's something that we really wanted to put in the book to make sure that anyone reading it would, would notice that. And you also end up having this epic romance with a doctor in the book <laughs> and in real life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the book isn't a kind portrayal of parts of the fashion industry, mm. you know, and, and in particular how it treats young, up-and-coming, eager models, whether it's, you know, all cramped together in one apartment, the extremes that they go through to try to stay thin and remain that size zero, or, you know, sexual abuse at the hands of a t- photographer. Is that an accurate picture of what the fashion and modeling industry is like? Uh, sadly, that does exist, and I, I experienced much of that in my early years in the modeling industry, and it was eye-opening to me. When I first came to New York City, I thought all adults were going to be good people like my parents, and I quickly learned that they were not. I met some incredible people in this business who will be lifelong friends, amazing and protective people also met a lot of predators as well. And there's something about this industry. It's oftentimes the very people who are expected to protect these girls can sometimes be uh, be complicit 
in working with the predators or being predators themselves. And in some instances, they're just in this culture. I think they don't even see what they're doing. And in other cases, I, I think it's intentional. Did you personally have a firsthand experience like some of the women in this book have in terms of the sleazy photographer or an agent who, who took advantage and was maybe putting you in situations you were too young to know were wrong or shouldn't really have been in in the first place? Uh, yes. I mean, the most difficult times for me were early on because I would walk into situations really trusting, expecting that I was there to go to work and that's what I expected to do. And when I would quickly learn that people had other ideas and in mind, uh, I was fortunate. I got away in every instance I was able to get away. In one instance, it took punching a photographer and walking out, but I knew that other girls were not so fortunate to get away. And uh, child rape, it's, uh, it's very prevalent. Human trafficking also occurs, and models disappear all the time. Oftentimes, these are not um, maybe the, the, the supermodels that we all hear about, but girls working in this business. And it's, it's heartbreaking. It's devastating. And people need, when people approach me, girls and boys, like, oh, I want to be a model. I want to get into this industry. I feel like the biggest killjoy, and I'm <laughs> preparing them. Okay, you need to look out for this and this and this and protect yourself. And you know, I'm not saying no, don't do it. It can be great, but you need to be alert. You need to be aware. And that's what Rachel and I really hope we've accomplished in this book is making people aware and that, no, you don't have to compromise anything to succeed. So do it on your own terms. And Rachel, was it difficult to write some of those, those scenes and just these characters who are experiencing these kinds of trauma? I think the most difficult part was knowing that she was exposed to all this and knowing that it was all based on stuff that's happened to her or her friends. And I think the heartbreaking part for me was knowing that, you know, when you write fiction, you're making it up. You know, it's in your head. When you're writing something based off of real events, you're thinking, you know, your heart breaks for these people that have gone through this. You know, when I know that we talked about you hating that photographer, I'm like, she actually did that as a young girl under the age of 18. I can't, I can't you know, I'm a mom. I can't imagine that, you know, putting my kid in a situation like that and, and trusting people and thinking it's going to be great and not understanding or knowing that there's this other side of the industry that you know that's just not exposed and I, I hope that with this book we can help we can help do that I think with Kathy telling her story in this way hopefully it'll get into the hands of a lot more people and you know when we really stop to think about it you know the movie industry has had its me too movement mm-hmm. the broadcast industry has had its me, me too movement we really haven't seen that in the fashion industry yet I guess is is the time right is now the time for for people to come forward and say something I Absolutely. And when I worked in this industry, I I just dealt with each situation as it came up, whether it was hitting the photographer or reporting things to my agent. What I would do differently today is rather than report it to my agent, I would report it to the police. Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize people were breaking the law. I just thought they were just being predators and being creepy and horrible and inappropriate, you know, horribly inappropriate. But we're talking about manipulating and exploiting children, and that's not okay. That's never okay. 
And uh, the Me Too movement, it's powerful, it's needed. I believe it's giving people a voice, something we need to be mindful of every time there's an accusation, there's always a predator, and there's always a victim. We don't know who is who until all the facts and the truth is revealed. So knowing what you know, would you, one, get into modeling again, and two, are you going to let someone like your youngest daughter pursue a career in modeling if that's what she wants to do? Oh, those are great questions. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing what I know, um, I'm grateful for the education it gave me and the experience it gave me. I would say yes, knowing what I know, because I'd handle it so much better and so much. And I think if we run away from difficult situations, we don't have the opportunity to initiate positive change. So having that gift of knowing what I know, I would hope to to teach more and to protect more. So yes, in that respect, as far as our children, I always worried about that. Like, (laughs) oh, what if our children want to do this? Never, never, never. (laughs) And I, I didn't even tell our kids that I modeled. It wasn't until our son was older, someone in school said something to him. It's like, oh, yeah, just a little bit, you know, a long time ago. (laughs) But they, you know, our son and our two daughters, um, they're striking, and they've been approached. And all three of them, they, they just, they're strong people. They have their own identity, their own interests and things that they're just really not interested. They have other things that they want to do. So it hasn't been an issue. (laughs) And Rachel, has it changed your view of what the fashion industry is like? Because I'm sure not being in it, you're Mm -hmm. probably like me. You've read the magazines, you Mm -hmm. look at the pictures, you see the gorgeous photos, maybe watch some of the reality shows. Mm -hmm. Has your mind changed about how you look at all that stuff now? Uh, Absolutely. It's kind of like when you're on set for a movie, it kills movie magic completely. You're like, 17 shots for a handshake. I don't understand this. And and so with this, it was very eye-opening for me, and especially with, you know, the grooming that, you know, some of the young models were, were under with some of the photographers and different things like that. I, yeah, it definitely opened my eyes a lot. And it was, like I said, it was heartbreaking. It was, it wasn't an easy thing to do for us. It wasn't an easy thing to write. And so, yeah, it definitely opened up my eyes and made me more, more aware, even just looking at social media and things that people post on Instagram, you know, knowing that that is not the reality. You know, there's even a profile out there that is like fake versus real. And I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, and it's kind of hard because that's, that's the world that my, my son is growing up in. And so I want to make sure that I do have my eyes open so I can be a better mom and use those moments as teachable moments for him. And that all being said, the book isn't a downer. No. You know, and and while it is a cautionary tale, I think what really comes across is that these four female friends are, like you said earlier, they're very strong. They they stick together, and it really friendship ends up being the glue that, that gets them through some, some very rough spots, which I, that was really what you guys were going for. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, so often people, they, they like to say, oh, tell us about the cat fights and, and all of that and put women against women. And I... That wasn't my experience. I mean, does that happen? I I don't know. Maybe it happened for for some people. I don't know. But for me, my experience was basically we had each other's backs. I mean, there's always different personalities. Some people get along better with others than others do. But we we had each other's backs. We looked out for each other. And, um, you know, there were some solid friendships there. And I appreciate that. And also with these characters that Rachel has developed, something that I love is that we see that these women, they're, they're failed humans like all of us. And they've made some bad choices along the way. 
and there's redemption. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's uh, no matter how much of a mess that we can make of our lives, there's always hope for tomorrow. And we see that throughout this story as well. And Rachel, this is probably not a fair question, <laughs> but did you have one of the four that was your favorite? Oh, to write. Don't ask me that. You can't ask authors. <laughs> like I said, not a fair question. It's not. You know, I every single storyline was different. Um, I think the hard part was condensing it because we had mm-hmm. so much information. She had so much content and so many. I mean, I had over 15 pages of just notes after our first conversation. So, I mean, condensing it into four women and then making sure that we're doing them justice and doing the book justice. Um, I, I can't say I had a favorite. I, I loved the two guys, Dane and Rowan. If I had to pick favorites, I would say I love them because I feel like there's nothing better than an anti-hero mm-hmm. and someone who you portray as being maybe what you would grow up thinking oh they're bad that's a bad person and then realizing the end that they're redemptive that they're actually they have good in them and I think that's good for people to read because sometimes there is that gray area you know sometimes it isn't just black and white and that's another thing that you know I think it's it's good for readers to grasp onto. It's funny to hear you say that because I'm about two-thirds of the way through the book <laughs> and right now I'm still on the side that those two guys are not good so I can't <laughs> wait to see. I just ruined it for you I'm sorry. No no worry about it not at all. So, you know, Fashion Week in New York City is coming up. Do you experience it in a different way now, or is there one way you prefer over the other, whether it's the modeling part or just being able to sit there in the front row and watch? Oh, it's so much better to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, yeah. And Rachel, what can we expect from you next? I'm sure you're going to keep writing. I am. I have another book releasing at the end of February called Finding Him, and it's with uh, Skyscape uh, Amazon Publishing. And so that's releasing. And then we were just talking about my upcoming deadlines and the fact that I have to to write on the plane. (laughs) (laughs) And Kathy, do you think you'll write again fiction? Oh, my goodness. You know, uh, this experience with Rachel has been incredible. So if I can work with Rachel again on something in the future, I would love that. Were there any stories that didn't make it into the book that you might have saved that could come in a sequel? Or all the stories in Fashion Jungle? There's There's a lot of many stories. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's so many. I think that was one of the hardest things is is condensing it. And and so Rachel So that's not a no to a sequel then? No, we we left it very open as you'll read. I won't spoil it for you. (laughs) In the end, I mean, every storyline, I don't want to call it happily ever after. It's a happy for now. Um, but I think that's more, that's reality. You know, sometimes you don't get that happily ever after. Sometimes it's happy for now. Sometimes it's, you know, this ends. We don't leave people hanging. There's no cliffhangers. But I think that um, each story ends in a way to where you could open it up to several more stories and offshoots and maybe just a book about each girl. So there's there's a lot there you'll see. All right. Well, I look forward to finishing it. And I hope everyone else goes out and buys it and reads it. Fashion Jungle, Kathy Ireland, Rachel Van Dyken. Thank you so much for coming into our studios and talking to us today about it. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you for having we're us. We're grateful to Apple, Amazon, Kobo, Barnes and Nobles, just some great partners. Mm-hmm. And that's where we'll close the book on this chapter. On tap for next time, Cursed Diamonds, a dysfunctional mother-daughter relationship, plus a story about race and privilege set around a young black babysitter. You're not going to want to miss it. If you aren't already following us on Twitter and Instagram, you're missing out. You can find us at WCBS 880 Books. I'm Lisa Cherkovich.